Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. John Toohey left school early. He spent two years at a start-your-own-business course, eventually getting a job as a driver with a local courier firm. Then, together with a friend, Dave Field, he set up a logistics and delivery company called Nightline with €10,000 of redundancy money they'd each received, running the business out of a spare bedroom in his house. The company created a virtual address service called Parcel Motel, which allowed customers to buy goods online from places that didn't deliver to the home country like Ireland. As we now know, Nightline grew into one of the biggest express delivery and logistics companies in Ireland with a turnover of more than 65 million euro and over a thousand employees. But John sold the whole thing to UPS in 2017 for around 30 million euro. Now he's launching a new business called Oopod, a smart locker service that's supposed to make it easy to pick up and return parcels in your own time. The company t- aims to place these out-of-home, or OO, lockers in a thousand locations across the island of Ireland by 2025, and John has invested a million euro of his own money in it. And John, too, he joins me, Adrian Weckler of The Big Tech Show. Now, John, first of all, can you explain how this will work? Okay, so Adrian, I suppose the the, you mentioned there in your intro about my previous business, which a part of which was Parcel Motel, which was a very successful uh, parcel locker business uh, that we rolled out across Ireland. And about about 10% of the population of Ireland actually had a Parcel Motel account at one stage. Over When I sold the business in 2017, about 530,000 people in Ireland uh, were using Parcel Motel. So it, was a, it proved to be a very popular way to... Uh, pick up and uh, drop off parcels for consumers. And that was in line with, with developments in other European countries. For example, in the, Nor- in the Nordics and particularly in the Baltic countries, um, in Estonia, for example, more than 90% of all items purchased online are now delivered via a parcel locker. So most people order to a parcel locker in Estonia and drop off their returns that way. So the idea for Upad really is it's a completely... It's a network of parcel lockers, a bit similar to uh, Parcel Motel, albeit that the parcel lockers we have now are newer and better technology. And um, it's what we call an open and agnostic uh, uh, network of parcel lockers so that um, it's open to all to use, all couriers, all merchants and all consumers can have access uh, by just uh, registering to use. And they can either use it to uh, purchase locally um, to swap and exchange items, which is very popular now with, with uh, young people who want to swap and exchange used items rather than buy new fast fashion. And then if, uh, if, you, if you 
like the cross-border shopping aspect, um, we have so we'll have lockers in Northern Ireland, and some are placed convenient to the border, so that you can still shop online on UK sites that don't deliver to Ireland. Um, but just in this instance, you'll have to pop across the border to pick up from one of our parcel lockers uh, uh, located along the border. For example, we have one in, in Jonesboro, just off Junction 20. So it's not quite as far as Newry. And so that's very popular with customers, particularly in border areas who want to shop on you shop cross-border shopping online. And then they pop across, pick up the item from the lockers there. And you say you want to place these in a thousand locations across the island over the next couple of years. Where typically would I find an UPOD parcel locker and what would it look like? Okay, so so the parcel lockers themselves have a, you know, they it's a it's it's a uh, what we call a, an an out of delivery out of home delivery station. So it's a it's a parcel locker with a with a computer screen. It's got lockers, so you go to the screen and key in your credentials and the, the uh, a little an individual locker compartment will open either for you to drop off or pick up a parcel. So each locker is is individual to each parcel, and we issue a pin code each a new pin code each time to pick up or or drop off a parcel. So uh, typically, where you'll find them for public uh, public use ones, you'll find them at petrol stations and convenience stores, um, and on education campuses and. Then also there's a, you know, we'll have them at private residential developments, like apartments, developments and so on. And the corporate locations. So some corporates um, want us to put them on their, their cor- at their corporate offices or campus uh, so they can manage parcels arriving for, for employees. So, so there'll be an, a mixture of locations, really. And the common thing to all locations will be that everybody will have what's called a new ID, OOH ID. So when you register to use, whether you're registered as a corporate or a consumer, you get a new ID and that's kind of like your personal postcode. And you just, you can use any location, north or south, um, and use your UID. So you just give, when you're ordering online, for example, you'll give the address of the locker location, quote your UID in the address. And then when the courier comes, they just key in your UID and put the parcel there for you. And you receive an SMS text with a pin code, a one-off pin code to come and pick up that parcel. And for those who haven't used a service like this before, what are the size constraints? What can you order um, that would fit into one of these lockers? Yeah, I mean the largest locker will take a, will take a sizable package. It will take would probably take a parcel the size of a you know a small microwave oven kind of thing in its packaging. So um, most e-commerce parcels are quite small items. They're usually you know a fashion item or, or item of clothing. So they go in the smaller lockers we have, but the bigger ones can take. Uh, quite a large parcel and the maximum weight for example that you can put in a parcel in the locker is 10 kilos so that covers most items bought online um but it also covers the area of say um local um you know there's um a- around sixty thousand micro sellers in ireland now who sell on social media who might sell um, artisan products or you know, or products, you know, gadgets or so on that they're importing and selling from a from a social media site. So those those small merchants can access the lockers directly and drop off items for their customers to pick up. And the beauty of it is is that they have direct access to the locker. They can drop off an item so they can reduce the amount of packaging they need to withstand, say, the goods in transit with a with a, with a conventional courier service. And they can, um, you know, the next person that sees that sees the item, it sees the item that they've purchased is their actual customer. So they can reduce the amount of packaging they need 
and they can provide more convenience for the customers. This is a growing trend, in, in, as I said, in other European countries, for example, Poland um, is probably has the most parcel lockers of any country in the world now at this stage. And uh, Why is so that? Um, I, I think it's just the way con- consumers uh, there have, or, you know, quite the innovation. And now with concerns about sustainability and, um, I, you know, and reducing carbon and all the rest of it, parcel lockers are a great way to do that because a courier can go to one parcel locker, um, ter- you know, terminal, drop off 10 parcels at the same time rather than go to 10 individual houses uh, where the where the people may or may or may not be in. So it's a very efficient way to distribute particularly online shopping and it's uh, and it provides for a huge reduction in in um, in carbon uh, committed and it's uh, you know it's a it's a very sustainable solution and more convenient for the for the customer at the end of the day. Now one of the things that it appears you're introducing or or trying to emphasize here is a fitting service and returns facility available on site so that people can maybe try on their purchases and return them if needed. How exactly might that work? So that's the one. So we have one of those at the moment. That's at Jonesboro in Northern Ireland. So it's just over the border, as I say, not not quite as far as Newry. Um, it's just off Junction 20 on the M1. And what that is, is really is that if a customer has traveled from, say, Dublin to go that far for something they've bought online on a UK site, we provide the fitting room there for them. If it's, if it's an item of clothing, they could try it on there and then rather than bring it back home, try it on and then realize they, they might want to return it. So about you know about thirty percent of everything bought online, particularly particularly fashion items, uh, gets returned. So returns and reverse logistics is a big part of online shopping. So what that does is just provides a facility for the customer to try on the item in private, and if they if they want to if they've decided it doesn't suit and they want to return it there and then, mm. they can leave it at our store in Jonesboro, and we'll arrange for it to be picked up by the courier then. Yeah, it's an interesting statistic, 30%. I once spoke to a Harvey Norman director uh, who was debating with me about the future of online shopping, and he was very bearish on it. He thought that physical retail was definitely going to continue to dominate in years. And what he was citing was the high number of returns and the cost to retailers of that uh, as as evidence of that. Um, I guess from your point of view, you've been a a quite a good position to see the kind of the, the volume of things that are actually returned. Is there are there is there any sign that that's going up or down? Um, returns is this is a sort of a monster that the online retailing community created, and it's uh, as I say about it's an average of about thirty percent of everything bought online is returned, and it was quite it was. It made the news quite publicly there recently when Zara announced that they were going to start making a charge for returns because most retailers, particularly UK online retailers, offer free delivery and free returns. So when it's when it's free to return, uh, consumers tend to they tend to order two or three of the same item, different colors, different sizes, so they can um, try them on and decide which one they want and return the ones they don't. And ret- retailers have made it really easy and and slick to. to uh, send uh, returns back but it is very costly and it creates a lot of waste and and it also contributes a lot to the carbon because of the return journey going back to the retailer it might go all the way back to a dc to a central warehouse um so you've all of that uh, in in consideration as well so there's quite a lot been written about it recently about returns and 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 the waste that it generates and um 
you know, I think the, your sayings are, uh, um, for example, introducing a charge now for returns. Um, I don't think that's necessarily them trying to discourage their their customers from returning items. I think it's to try and cover the cost, mm-hmm. as you say, of handling returns. And you see, parcel lockers are a great way um, to manage returns because, it, for example, a lot of retailers who accept returns back, the return goes all the way back to a central warehouse and might actually then just be scrapped. Yeah. Um, so whereas now there's much more clever ways of uh, thinking in s- supply chain. So, for example, if a customer returns an item to a parcel locker, um, the retailer then has options about what they want to do with that particular item. If it's very low value and they're unlikely to sell it again, um, for example, they could they could offer that to a local charity to pick it up from the locker um, to, to put it in a charity shop or they could offer it. They could use the services of a local recycling company to pick it up from the locker and recycle and dispose of it locally rather than have it go all the way back on a truck and all the way back to a central warehouse where the chances are it's going to go going to be uh, dumped anyway you know mm. so this parcel locker type of infrastructure really facilitates a lot of that in terms of increasing efficiencies uh, both for outbound deliveries because they can consolidate deliveries can be consolidated at a, at a more central point that's convenient to consult to customers as well as you know more sustainable and also uh, for returns, because it then gives them options in terms of whether they want the returned item to come all the way back to the, to the central warehouse or whether there's, they can exercise options to dispose of the item locally, whether it be to charity or through a re- the local recycling service. And at the same time, not leaving it with the consumer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Can I ask, how different is this to Parcel Motel? Yeah, the, the main difference really is that Parcel Motel is a, what we call a closed network. So the only the only people that can access Parcel Motel lockers is Parcel Motel, which is owned by UPS now. Mm. Uh, whereas this is this is completely open. So all all the courier companies can access this directly as if it was their own infrastructure. And then, as I say, local merchants can use it for click and collect. They can drop off directly to the locker. They don't have to uh, use a third party or a courier to do it. And then consumers can do it. Consumers can use it directly for um, using it as their delivery address. Um, they can use it to leave their keys for their for their mom to pick up. They can, if you're if you have an Airbnb, you can drop off your keys there for the for the the, the client of the Airbnb to pick up. So so many so many reasons and uses for consumers to access directly, which they can. And then for businesses, micro businesses like uh, social media sellers, and then for big companies like like uh, courier companies and uh, distributors can access the infrastructure directly. Whereas par- that's with Upad and with Paris Motel, only the only people that can access Paris Motel is Paris Motel. So that's mm. that's really the main the main difference. You know, it's we're open as opposed to there them being a closed network. You know. So how will Upad make money from this? So we we charge for per use. Uh, so for example, um, you can pay as you go. So you can from uh, we'll be launching euro pricing on our website now soon. At the moment, it's only sterling pricing, but from about three three euro fifty, you can pay as you go for each use. You can, if you're a regular user as a consumer, you can sign up for a monthly subscription and you get three uses for that, or you can become a premium user and pay uh, twelve eleven ninety five a month and have up to thirty uses a month. That's so, sterling, is it? No, they're they're the euro, euro prices. prices. The euro prices will be on our website. We're talking today on the 15th of June, is it? Um, so uh, the euro pricing will be on the website from next week. At the moment, it's sterling price. It's £2.95. It's £5.95, I think, and 9 95 sterling. 
but they'll be just equivalent in euro price. So they'll be on our website next week. So it's essentially a subscription. It can be a subscription or pay as you go. So you can use, you can sign up as pay as you go and just use each time, uh, pay each time you use it. Um, or if you're a regular user, it's it's going to be cheaper and better value to to have a, a monthly or a, a monthly subscription. Yeah. So if I order something from Zara, for example, I would pay you before I give Zara the address of the Upod parcel locker. Yeah, you'd register register for Upod first of all. Uh, register on Upod.com. You get then your UID, which is an eight-digit number, and then when you're ordering from any website, then you just put in your name the location of the, the parcel locker uh, that you want it delivered to. So, for example, we started a rollout in Dublin now. So there's one in Ranala, um at Super Value in Ranala. There's one in the multi-story car park in the IFSC. So you give those, you give that actual location as your delivery address. You put your UID into the address, your name, your UID, and the parcel locker location. And then the, the courier delivers directly to the parcel locker from any online retailer. Who do you think is most likely to use this service from a consumer perspective? Is it the person who has been working at home for the last two years during the pandemic and might have been at home to take deliveries at any time of the day, but now has to go back into the office? Is it people in apartments whose post boxes are often tiny or inaccessible to couriers and delivery people or who? Yeah, well, you've probably hit two very big nails on the head there, Adrian. I mean, the, the, the first one is the high, is, is what you know, we're calling hybrid working. And we're hearing this sort of uh, delivery and anxiety sort of comes out now where people were sort of at home all the time. And now there might be three days in the office and two days at home or vice versa. So what this allows is, is you to have a delivery location either that's near your home where you can have all your parts delivered or you can use you can use any location with the same UID. So you can use the one near work or you can use the one at home. And then the other thing is uh, now we're seeing corporates are, are saying to us that now that people have returned to work and are, have gotten used to shopping online, this presents a challenge for a lot of companies because either the reception area is starting to fill up with parcels because people are having parcels delivered to work or the mail room is challenged by extra uh, personal items arriving. So we're, we're, we've seen a lot of inquiries from corporates who would like to manage the way that the uh, parcels arrive for employees they don't necessarily want to stop the employees getting parcels delivered to work they just want a way of managing it better and um would they i i wonder how that will grow up will the corporate or the company will they pay for it or or will they just put it in place yeah absolutely we've got a corporate we've got corporate group schemes so a a company can sign up and uh and get and the individual employees all get their uids and it's on the company account so we have corporate um programs where the company can pay all the employee can pay all, um, or they, they can, there's a shared cost model where the company pays some and the, the employee pays the rest. But then the thing about it is the once the once the employees are registered and have this UID, which is the central personal postcard thing that I that I was sort of saying to you earlier in the interview, then they can use any any parcel locker. So they can use the one at work or they can use the one near home. And um where we've done where we've done installations um previously where we've put one on a corporate site. And given the employees the option to either continue to have parcels delivered to work or use one that's near to home, mostly the employees, about two, two thirds of employees, and I'm referring back to my personal hotel days, would uh, would opt to uh, you know use to sign up to the company scheme, but um, 
still uh, would, would then opt to change away to have their parcel delivered to a location that's near to their home, you know. Mm. And then the last one you mentioned there is is private residential developments, um, as in apartment developments and so on. And this is a huge problem because apartment developments tend to, what happens is parcels tend to, uh, a courier arrives at an apartment block, tries all the buzzers to get to get the door open. And then um, whatever parcels he has for the site, he just slides them in the door and leaves them in the lobby um, of the, the apartment building. So that tends to be a very common uh, occurrence at apartment developments uh, around town. So you have issues there from a security point of view, as in the parcels, uh, security and a confidentiality point of view, as in your parcels are lying out in the lobby for everybody to see. And also from a security point of view, they're, they could be at risk of theft. And then this, the next thing is they're, uh, they're also a security risk or a fire hazard because you're, you could be blocking up uh, walkways or means of escape in an apartment building. So we have a lot of inquiries actually from apartment development owners uh, who want a better way to manage uh, parcel deliveries arriving for tenants or for, you know, for uh, occupants of, of apartment buildings. So that is a great way to solve those problems because we put in a parcel locker system. And again, with the with our sort of base, you know, our core UID system and everything depends on that. Everybody gets a new ID and they can use the one. Then they continue to use the the the, uh, apart, the parcel locker at their apartment building, or they can use the one at work if they've got one at work or near to work. Or if they're going away for a few days and gone to another part of town or another parts of the country, they can just uh, uh, change the address, use the same UID, and have the pars- their parcels follow them to where wherever they go. You know. Hmm. And this is being rolled out in Ireland and the UK? Yeah, I mean, we started rolling out in Ireland uh, earlier this year. And then we we got a, we thought like our, our sort of plan would be roll out in Ireland and then go to the UK. But we actually got quite a, a strong demand from the UK that uh, made us uh, spend more time looking at the UK market. The UK market obviously is a bigger market for us and all the rest of it. So we'll be rolling out in Northern Ireland, more in Northern Ireland later, um, uh, over the next few months, uh, some some in uh, Great Britain, and then we'll be continuing our rollout in Dublin. We'll have about forty locations in Dublin um, by year end. Um, and to compare that, I mean, there's about seventy parcel motel locations in Dublin, so we'll have forty UPOD locations. So we'll have almost, you know, we'll be above more than half of the same footprint of parcel motel by by year end. Talking about the UK, I mean, the, U- the UK is more advanced in online shopping from the point of view that. Um, you know, as a percentage of all online retailing, um, uh, sorry, as a percentage of all retailing in the UK, um, online represents about 14% of that on average. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot bigger. Ar- than, than yeah, in Ireland, that number is actually about 6.5%. Mm. So the UK, the penetration of online shopping in the UK is actually near, you know, double what it is in Ireland. So Ireland is, would be considered a little bit undeveloped in that way. So the difference for us in the UK is that the parcel, the major parcel carriers in the UK and what's called PUDO, pick up drop off locations. In other words, where you have a, a corner shop where you pick up your parcel, you route your parcel to your local corner shop. You pick either pick up or drop off there. That's quite a well-established practice in the UK in, in parcel delivery. And um, a lot of the major parcel carriers in the UK now are looking to sort of build on that um, and to automate those processes. So. So in the UK, for us, I suppose the difference is uh, we're we're addressing an established market in the UK. Where in the Ireland, in Ireland, we're kind of um, establishing a market, if you know what I mean. And, and just to make a point, and I might be a little bit controversial here. In the UK, if you go to a, a suburban rail station in the UK, 
in say even you know in a major conurbation whether it's down around london or up around manchester you'll find a parcel locker of some sort at a, pretty much every suburban rail station whether it's an amazon locker because amazon have rolled out seven thousand of their own locker locations just for their own use in the uk or one of the other uh, locker parcel locker providers um so because the tran- public transport authorities in the uk have realized that to encourage people to use public transport is to provide them with the same services that uh, commuting uh, somebody commuting in a car has. Okay, so that's well embraced in the UK as a principle. Whereas in Ireland, um, Irish Rail and the Dart will won't even entertain a conversation with us about putting parcel lockers at suburban Dart stations. So it's it's more of a challenge for us to establish the market here and get people to understand the importance of this from a sustainability point of view and everything else. Is that, I wonder, because they just regard it as a de facto commercial service and therefore, why should they? Yeah, well, look, it could be it can be revenue generating for them because we can, you know, we, we tend for, if we put a parcel locker at a, at a, at a petrol station or a convenience store, there's, we, there's, a, there's a revenue share in that for the convenience store, the petrol station, they don't just do it for the good of their health, you know. Mm. But it is part of the sustainability argument. If you want to encourage people, like if you think about somebody in Dublin, about 500,000 people commute by public transport in Dublin every day, and I think most of those are bus journeys. If you think about somebody leaving their house every day, who they've ordered something online, they left their house, and then during the day, a white van will come into a, up a, a suburban street and try to deliver a parcel to their house. Whereas if you had a, if you had a parcel locker, at the bus stop or at the node of transport or at the Dart station or Lewis stop um, where they can get off the Lewis, collect their parcel and go home. You've cut down on a commercial vehicle journey up into a residential street and you've made everything more sustainable and you've provided a service for, you've, you've, you've created an additional reason for someone to use public transport or you've removed a barrier from for using public transport um, as opposed to driving in their car and stopping at a petrol station, for example, where they might get parcel locker. Whereas in the UK, that's been fully embraced and has been for the last few years. And, and they want more of this type of infrastructure. In fact, the government of London um, have, set, trans, have set up a committee in London to, find, to reduce the number of commercial vehicle journeys going into, into London every day. And parcel lockers is actually called out as one of the ways they want to do that. Whereas in Dublin, when we talk to, you know, in Ireland, we talk to Irish Rail and say, listen, is there something, we, can we even come and talk to you about these things? And the answer is no. So, um, and why is and that? Then, why do they say no? Uh, because it's just not, it just doesn't pay. First of all, it's something that uh, might draw on, uh, it's something that has to be, so a parcel locker has to be plug, uh, plugged in and has a, um, you know, needs a three pin plug, mm. basically. So they're saying, oh, anything that needs a power supply, we can't have on the, can't have around the, uh, the That's station, just a right? flat rule, is it? Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, if you go into any dark station in town, there's plenty of vending machines selling Coca Cola and for soft drinks and, mm. and, and uh and bars and what, you know do, what, they, I mean? what oh. do they say to that i've no idea to be honest with you i've no idea we've uh, in our in our personal hotel days we never succeeded in getting the personal hotel into um into a uh, train or dart station we tried again with upad because the world has moved on and sustainability is much higher up on the agenda and but the answer is a flat no and i'll 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 be it that we've dealt with really professionally with people in the property section say in erin road erin it's all been very courteous and polite, but uh, when they run it up the stairs to the powers that be, the answer is always no. They don't even want to talk about it. So there you go. Well, watch this space, I guess. Uh, John Tui of Upad, thank you very much for joining me today on The Big Tech Show. 
And for me, Adrian Wechter, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, that is all we have time for this week. But I'll talk to you at the same time next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.